Welcome to the community where passion for life and healthy sexuality connect beautifully and easily. I'm your host, Amanda Ammons, and my goal in life is to help you thrive. And a huge part of that is your sex life. Your one life was meant to be amazing, sex included. You most likely haven't been shown this, but I'm here to tell you, you're beautifully and intricately made. Made for more, made for the best. However your journey brought you here, join me in a new conversation about one of the most amazing things ever created, intricate, passionate intercourse. Together, let's break the shame cycle. Let's learn how to please and be pleased. Let's fight fear, find freedom, and freaking have fun. Welcome to the Passion Connected Show. Hey friends, welcome back to the Passion Connected Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This week's episode is going to be an extension of last week's episode. This was not originally planned, but I had someone reach out to me this week asking how they could help their wife who had um, passed sexual abuse in a relationship. And I thought it was the sweetest thing ever. I I love those kinds of questions. I love that intentionality. Um, and they just said, you know, that the last week's episode had been really, really helpful. And they asked what advice I had to give to the spouse of someone who's walking, um, walking through this. What are some things that we can do that aren't sexual, that we can still grow together as a couple when physical touch might not be an option? Hope all these questions make sense. Um, thank you so much for what you are doing. I love it. And I have not given them a response yet because I just decided to go ahead and record an episode for it because I feel like that was so beautiful and so perfect and so needed. And I am on board and I completely agree. So I started processing through it and from my own lens, from the things that I have gone through from my past um, sexual abuse and, and experiences and how has Kyleb helped me, how have we handled things, where have things gone wrong, and then also adding into it, you know, what I've learned in counseling and what I've learned on healing and having healthy, helpful relationships and all of that. And so this is just kind of a starter list for the basics the basics on if you are somebody who is is with your wife or your husband and they have dealt with sexual trauma or abuse or crisis or anything like that, here are some ways that you can support them and support yourself, ways that you guys can walk through this as a team um, and come, come out on the other end of this healthier, more whole, more together and able to leave those experiences in the past and and be able to look at them and say they were a part of my life, uh, but they don't have to be a part of this relationship. They don't have to be a part of me now and I'm healing and I'm moving forward. So that being said, um, I just wanted to address the first part of the question um, that this man asked is what would you recommend when physical touch isn't an option? So the first thing that came to mind is finding a common activity what is something that you and your spouse, um, the person that you're dating, whoever it is, what is something that you can work together on that is mutual in level, mutual in like, and something that is just really, really easy for you? So a little bit of backstory to this, Kyle and I have very, very different likes and activities. The only thing I feel like that we're on the absolute same page on is um, hiking and getting outdoors. Both of us love that. But otherwise, I am a book reading nerd who likes to 
cook and bake and garden and watch TV. And I'm just such a homebody and I'm I'm really chill. I love just chill things <laughs> for the most part, even though I have a ton of activities and hobbies I like to do. But he, on the other hand, is really, really athletic, likes interacting with people and getting out. And he is sportsy and loves all of those sorts of activities. And so a lot of the things that we have tried to do that I have joined him in before have been stuff like disc golf or climbing or doing ninja stuff and really not able to keep up. And it has been more of a stressful thing. And so we learned pretty early on, all right, we've got to stop and we've got to find something that really connects us that is a level playing field. And so we did like board games. Um, I read the entire Harry Potter series to him while he did uh, doodles and artwork and things like that. But we found things where we had a mutual like that we were spending that time together, growing closer, doing something that was for the both of us instead of for one or the other. And the reason I feel like this is so important and the reason that this is the first thing that came up is because it is so much easier to come from an activity or a thing that you guys are doing together and move into that intimacy. When an activity or when your life is one person or the other or one thing or the other and there's stressors to it or there is um, just a different different focus. And I, I think that's probably the biggest part of it is that a lot of the things that we do throughout the day have kind of an one or the other is the strong person or the the person that is the focal point. Um, this person has this work or this job and this person has this chore and this activity or even in conversation sometimes it's one person talking about their thing or the other person talking about their thing. And I think the start to getting to a place where you can aim for that physical connection comes from emotional, spiritual, uh, mental connection that is is at the same stage. But I hope that I'm going to explain this well, but everyone is at different levels of things and growth in their life. And sexual abuse puts somebody at a whole different level emotionally, mentally, and physically than the other person. And so to the spouse, you've got to, you've got to come to their level. And Kyla and I have talked about this before, where you've got to the person who is hurting, like you can't expect them to, to pull, pull up and, and be better and be more okay. It is the person who is more whole, the person who is more healthy or more okay, that has to step down and empathy, true empathy, get on that person's level and say, I'm here with you. And that simply comes not from acknowledging the actual thing or the problem that's going on, but just getting on their level in other areas of their life. So something that they love to do or that you guys can love to do together where you're on the same level, that there's no stress there. There's no differences in who you are and your levels of ability or your levels of like for that activity. You really want to come together on a common theme and show yourselves and show each other that that this is you this is your marriage this is your relationship you guys are a unit you are coming together and you are going to build together um because i i really don't think that the person who is hurting typically wants to feel weak or feel lesser or like they need to feel necessarily tended to all the time um you don't need to be babying 
them like that that does the opposite you need to be gentle you need to be with them you need to show love care interest um wholesomeness and so that was the first thing i feel like i've gone on really long on this one point but i just feel like that was really important come together on something that is common that makes you best friends that makes you a unit so that you can move forward together when the hard stuff actually starts coming up so that you have a little bit of that foundation of friendship and and commonality together when the rest of it comes your way. So then moving into taking steps towards physical interaction together or towards healing, um, the, the things that came up for me were, number one, learn their other love languages. So of the five love languages, uh, physical touch is one of them, uh, but there are others. There are gifts, there are acts of service, there are words of affirmation and quality time. If you haven't taken this test before, this can be super, super helpful. It's really easy. I will see if I can find the link and put it in the show notes, or if not, I'll at least put the the five level languages book. Um, it is really helpful for relationships because it gives you a starting place. Now, I think people are more complex than just their love languages. There's more to them. There's more things that they like. There's different situations in different times, but this can be a great starting place, especially for somebody who has dealt with physical abuse or sexual abuse, because oftentimes physical touch is, is kind of a touchy area. Um, they can go one of two ways or be a combination of both where with it, where it's like they absolutely hate physical touch. They can't handle it. They don't want you to touch them. They have fears. They have anxieties over it and or they want it all the time because of that abuse and feeling like they they need a new experience with it, a wholesome experience with it. They want to experience it in a way that is different and loving. and And then also they can have a combination of both of those in the same moment, at the same time, with the same feelings. And that can be really, really conflicting. And so it's really hard. You don't want to go straight into that physical touch all the time. You want to kind of stay away from that area and work your way towards that gently and focus first on the other areas. So learn your spouse, learn your partner, learn whoever it is that you're dating. What is it that really makes them feel loved, feel like you are paying attention to them outside of sex, that you're paying attention to them outside of the physical relationship, what is going to make them feel seen, feel valued? Um, how can you really give that love to them? Is it spending quality time setting aside and doing um, intentional work to make sure that you have quality time with them? Or is it words of affirmation that they, that you know, that are just going to hit them and that you are giving from your heart? Or is it little gifts that, you know, they're just going to love if you bring home a rose, they're going to love if you, you know, get something very specific for their hobby or whatever it is, start there. And that is again, also going to build that intimacy, that connection. Next, go ahead and pray before you start getting into sex. I've mentioned this here on the podcast before, but but praying about your sex life can be so powerful. And I think it's something that people really don't do. They don't take time to pray over their sex life because they feel like God is so separate from it. But if you can start praying over those fears, start praying over the good things, start asking the Lord for freedom and pleasure and and releasing of the anxiety and of the fear and of the past traumas to pray for unity and connection and love and wonder and gloriousness. And 
owning that part of your marriage because praying together also brings that sense of unity brings like we're on the same page like we're on the same team here we can move forward in this and Caleb has been so good about that where he would just especially during the initial times where I had really really big fears really big anxieties over things he would just stop and say like okay let's just pray for this time let's just pray for you and I and then when you start actually moving into things go very 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 slow like (laughs) you can't go too slow you really can't start with holding hands start with finger touches start with things that you know from their experiences and and you should be able to think through okay this is what they've told me this is where the fears are this is what happened to them this is where you know anxiety start rising up like don't go straight for for that I was talking with um, a friend today who was you know talking about their fear of spiders and someone was like oh do you think you could ever you know like hold a daddy long legs like it's not um it's not poisonous like it's not a bad spider it's it's just chill and she was like they were laughing at this fear thinking you know this is all funny and and really that shouldn't be that bad and she's like but no I couldn't and I was just telling her um yeah no that's not step one (laughs) that's not step one to overcoming your fear of spiders step one is to think about the possibility of even thinking about a spider and then you can think about a spider and then you can maybe see a picture of a cartoon spider like a happy cartoon spider. And then you can see a picture of a real spider. Like we're not even in the same room with a spider yet, guys. And this is how you want to handle it when it comes to sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is horrible. It is horrific. It It is so painful and touches so many areas of our lives in an awful and evil and horrible ways that take a long time to heal. No matter who you are and no matter what the trauma. Go slow. Whatever that means, and and you know your partner best, but just go slow. And if you're just going astronomically slow with things like over months or whatever it looks like, um, they're probably going to tell you, okay, you can move like onto the next thing, or we can move on to the next thing, or we can take the next step. And that is your best signal. That is your best cue. Your partner should, and I'm going to speak to the people who've who've been through the sexual abuse, let them know when you're ready. Don't push yourself. We already talked about that in the last episode. Don't push yourself beyond your limits. That's not going to help anyone. Um, But also be willing to vocalize, I think I might be ready. And we're going to have a quick intervention here on that, (laughs) on that, because I just want to make sure that both partners know that if if you say you're ready and you're going to the next step, you can still back out. You can still back out, both parties. And, and to the person who has been through the sexual abuse, know that you can back out at any time. You can say, yes, I'm ready. And you can take one step forward towards it and decide, you know what, actually I'm not. And that's a-okay. And they can't be mad about that. And they should not be mad about that. You can take back you what you said that you were ready for at any time, always. And to the person who is the partner or the spouse, something that has been 
really, really beneficial to me because I'm the kind of person who did try to push through that for the longest time when I thought that that was what I needed to do just to be strong, just to move on. Kyleb would be very aware and reading the situation, especially if he knew it was something where we were taking steps towards healing and this was something that maybe I hadn't been able to handle before. He was very, very aware of of every body movement, of every sigh, of every look in my eyes. He was paying attention and advocating for me and stopping and asking me, are you okay? How are you doing? You know, what's going on? And he didn't, he did not, he did not let me move on. He didn't. If there was even any hesitation or there was times where I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, like, let's just keep going. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm okay. He was like, no, like being okay is not what I want. Like, I don't want you to just be okay. I want you to be healed. And so I'm going to stop it. And that was the other thing that I put down on my note is, I mean, you have chosen this person in all of their mess and all of their problems. And they have chosen you in all of your mess and all of your problems. And you get the honor of loving them. You get the honor of taking care of them. And most people do not take care of themselves well enough. It's why there's this whole self-care movement because people do not know what it means to actually take care of themselves. And they still aren't even doing it with self-care because they're doing the superficial things and they need to be doing the deep work. Side note, but (laughs) you get the honor of advocating for them. Be their biggest advocate in healing. If they're not seeking out a counselor and they need it, advocate for them. Say, hey, I helped get you a list or hey, how can I help you? Or can I drive you there? Or can I, whatever, whatever it looks like, can I help move finances around so so that we can make sure that you get the healing and the help that you need? Can I get you a friend to talk to? Can I give you the space to journal? How can I help you actually work through this? Because I want you to actually work through this, not just for me, not just for you, but for us, because this is important and I value you and I value this relationship. And so take on that challenge, take on that challenge, see how much you can love the heck out of that other person. Kyla and I just picked our verse the other day for our, um, our marriage. Like we've talked about this for years, <laughs> like every year it comes back up. Like we want a verse for our marriage. We want a verse for our marriage. And we finally picked to outdo one another in showing honor. And it's from Romans 12. And, um, It has just been, I mean, on my mind, obviously, since, you know, we picked it and it just, it settles so well with my soul that we would love and cherish one another, that we would see how, how much can I outdo him? Like he's going to try to love and honor me (laughs) and I'm going to try to like beat him at it. (laughs) Like I want to love and honor him more. I want to take care of him more and he wants to do the same. And so in these times of trouble that, that are, that are real and that are hard and that are painful and that you shouldn't have to necessarily go through, take on the challenge of seeing how much you can love that person, how much you can honor them, how much you can take care of them better than they even take care of themselves. I just, 
ah, if you do that, do you know what is going to come from your relationship? My gosh, you are going to be walking balls of light and love and it's going to be amazing. Like you can't come out of that and, and, and have, (laughs) have anything but wonder and glory and pleasure and offspring that have beauty and glory walking with them that you know, your friends are going to see the love and the light and the respect in your relationship. They're going to see the honor. You can't hide that. And a lot of it starts in the bedroom. So how can you honor and love this person that is struggling that you have decided to partner with and, and help bear their struggles and their pains? And it's going to look different for every single person because the way that Kyleb loves and honors me is going to be very, very different from every other woman in the world because my experiences are different. My desires are different. There are different things that I want, different things that I need, different things that I need help advocating uh, for myself for and for our relationship for. And so learn your person, ask them outright, like, how can I honor you? How can I love you? Um, Give them the space to process that if they need and then, and take it and run with it. And don't just leave it in the dust. Like as this awesome suggestion, like this is cool. Like, no, be a committed person to your relationship. Kyle and I love to say that our number one job in life is to love each other and to minister to each other first, because out of that is going to come so much love and wholesomeness in our jobs, with our kids, with our friends, in our hobbies, all of that. And so I I really just want to advocate for that here because this is something that is really important and it is possible to heal from it. There is hope. There is life. There is light at the end of this tunnel. There is. And it doesn't always seem like that in the darkness. It doesn't always seem like that when your spouse says, don't touch me. It doesn't always seem like that when they cry. It doesn't always seem like that when when there's a lot of pain and struggle and not only are they going through it, but you're going through it. And that was the other thing that I just wanted to put down too, is that one person's pain, it is their pain. It is their strife. It is their struggle, but it is also yours. And do not deny yourself the grief and the pain and the struggle that comes on you. Now, this is very, very tricky, very hard to handle because what I'm saying here basically is to the spouse, to the partner, I want you to recognize that your loved one being abused is hard for you. And this has to be done very gently and, and with honor again to the person who actually went through the abuse. This is not you taking it on yourself as, um, you know, woe is me for the way that you can't handle physical touch or sex or handle whatever topic. Um, this is not a pity party. This is not time for you to be able to take their story and, and turn it into your thing that, that you um, get to make a deal out of. But it is recognizing that what was done to them has affected you and does affect you. And you choose to take that effect on and say, I'm a part of this and I will bear this struggle with you. You didn't go through it, but that doesn't mean that you can't be sad. It doesn't mean that you can't grieve the loss of something. 
It doesn't mean that you can't be angry. Rightfully so. Your sex life, your marriage, your relationship is going to be different because of the hurts that they dealt with in the same way that the things that you've gone through affect your partner and your spouse. And so I don't want you to just be focusing on your on your spouse saying, you know, helping them through all of these sorts of things and never taking time to acknowledge the fact that you might be angry or might be hurting or might be struggling. And like I said, this has to be done very gently because number one, do not do this when they are dealing with their own, like do not bring up your pains when they are talking about their pains about it. So what they've been through or how hard it is to heal or the sadness that they have or the grief that they have, that is not your time to jump in and say, I'm so sad about it too and how it affects me and whatever. No, that is not what we do in conversation ever. That is not how we handle things. That is not empathy. That is not sympathy. That is not love. Um, But what you can do is outside of that situation, outside of those times, you can come to your loved one and say, hey, can I talk with you just for a second about how sad I am about, about what this has done to our relationship? And, and very obviously do not put blame on them ever, ever. But ask them, can I talk to you about where I'm at and just hoping for the healing and, and excited to see the change and sad for, for everything you've been through and, and what it has done to our relationship. Ask them if, if you can work through that. And if they can't, that's okay. Find support elsewhere, find a counselor, find a friend, get your journal, but don't just harbor it inside because you can't talk about your own pains because their pains are so strong because that is not how a relationship works either. One person's pains do should not overshadow another person's pains. I was actually talking to my brother the other day and he is currently deployed right now and going through a lot because of that deployment. And, um, you know, I was just like, man, I just, yeah, I, ha- I know I haven't told you anything about my life, but it just feels like it pales in comparison. And I bless him. Like, I love him. He was like, no, your stuff is your stuff. And it's, it's big to you. And I want to hear it because it's big to you. And my big stuff to me doesn't mean your stuff is any, any less. And that is, that is love, man. <laughs> that is, that is goodness in a relationship. And so you are allowed to grieve. You are allowed to be angry. You are allowed to have to work through this. You are allowed to be frustrated at the struggles and the pains that it has brought your way and your relationships way and the the things that it has changed from what you thought it was going to be or the ideal or how your marriage was going to go, your life was going to go. You can grieve that. You have full permission. If you don't feel like you have permission from yourself or from anyone else, you have permission from me. (laughs) So take it, run with it, Um, process it, process what this has done to you because otherwise it is going to fester and it is going to make that love, that honoring with the other person more difficult. Don't deny yourself healing because you're trying to help somebody else heal. Um. Again, it's almost the same thing that I was advocating for last week. Like, don't force yourself to heal at any rate or for any reason, 
especially not because you think that the other person needs it. Love, support each other, be together. Know that to the couple who is in this spot, know that you are in this together. You're a team moving forward. Your goal is to heal and love and be free and and work on this and through this together. Wow, friends, this was this was a longer episode. <laughs> I feel like I didn't even touch. I didn't even touch. Man, I didn't even like this topic. We're just going to have to dive into it in a few more episodes for sure. I don't know when, I don't know where, but down the road, there is so much more here. There is so much more that I have learned in in counseling theory and things that I want to give you and apply. And I am just, I'm so excited to be actually talking about this and broaching this subject. And I, to the person, the anonymous person who asked that question, um, I'm so proud of you. And to the people listening to this podcast episode, I'm so proud of you. And I really, truly believe that if you continue to take steps forward, if you continue to listen to this podcast and and take the advice and move forward, you are going to have a seriously amazing, beautiful, glorious, pleasurable, wonderful sex life that is going to be filled with intimacy and love and excitement and is going to honor the Lord and honor each other. And I am so, so excited for you with serious belief in you friends. I am so glad you are here and I can't wait to see you next week. Hey, if you're enjoying this content, so much of what I learn and get to pass on to you guys is from what I read and what I listen to. And this year I'm at 68 books having been read, and that is not including my textbooks for grad school or any of the books that are on my list for my classes. Um, And so many of those books have come from Audible. Now, what is crazy for me is that Audible has now upped since I first got my subscription that you get not just one free book, which is what it was when I started my um, free trial. It is now two free books that no matter whether or not you keep that trial going on, you still get to keep those books. And I would highly, highly recommend go ahead and click in the show notes, um, get that free audible trial, get those free books and get started learning. Books can change your life, friends.